Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Guess what did? Guess what? It, guess what? It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I panicked. I panicked. I think I'm Mel, and I'm supposed to be recording a podcast, and. <laughs> Um, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> yes, we're going to do that. But this is the last one for this year, guys. The Ooh. last one. And then I'm going to pause. Everyone panics. And then I'll be like, for this year. So get we're coming back. In. <laughs> yeah, we're coming back. So basically, you're gonna we're going to do a podcast now <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> Super late on a Friday, by the way, because we got distracted. And and then, so then the, the other two Saturdays, oh gosh, this is not going well. So I think it's like Christmas Eve and New Year's fall, like on the weekend or something. So you're not yes. going to get a podcast then. So what is the day we're back? Hold on. Let me check a calendar. Check. So the first day we're back is going to be the 7th. So the 7th will be when we return. And so that means Monday the 19th is when we're going to start the Gold Star Awards. So okay. vote, participate, have a yeah. good time, enjoy yourselves. I love that you remember that part of the instructions. So I was like, okay, I said it. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> okay. End of the year. Okay. So we're going to start talking about Willow. And yes. I, don't know, I don't know about you, but when she was like on the phone and it was clear that Michael was canceling on her, I was like, whoa that's dark you're canceling dinner on your pregnant wife with cancer you know I wasn't impressed at all (laughs) I was taken aback and I was just like what and then they come back from commercial and there was some kind of like business trip and I'm like okay and I'm like that just felt like a lot to me and then um her and Carly sit down together I don't know I didn't realize how much little stuff they had in common um like what (laughs) <laughs> you're like me neither it was so under the radar that i didn't know until right now um that they were both adopted yeah baby lost losing a child yes. so that part is similar i was like oh, okay i never really kind of i don't know i guess personality wise i never really like lumped them together but what i thought was strange oh, i actually wait did you think that willow was going to tell carly Yes, for a brief yeah. moment, just with those loving eyes that Carly was giving her and talking about family, I really, really thought she was going to give in and tell her. But I thought Carly would have been more perceptive that something was Me wrong. Too. Mm-hmm. But I get it, the story. So, oh my gosh, the funniest moment was when Carly sits down and hates the centerpiece. And she makes a show of it where she moves the centerpiece and gives like a yucky, <laughs> dirty look because it's obviously like a Nina centerpiece. I love that super, super subtle moment because it's not like they went in to talk about Nina too much. No, but it's so representative. And I love, I mean, they did bring in the now and the Nina, you know, to push the story ahead. And it was interesting to see what they had to say. But yeah, holy heck, did you think that Carly was going to involve herself in that way? In in the in the high oh with no that that really uh, took me aback. Um, so like even when Drew catches them, by the way, like what this this kind of threw me. Carly described her dinner with Willow mm-hmm. as a private family dinner. <laughs> I was so confused by this, <laughs> and it's true. She was there to find the woman. 
Well, remember she told Olivia, like, let me know when this woman checks in. So she did her groundwork. Like, this is a hardcore conspiracy. Yes. Okay. Um, so the whole time Drew was talking to that woman, and then when she mm-hmm. started to corrob- co- corroborate Joan's story, <laughs> I was like, what? I started, I started to get so confused. And I'm like, that's super convenient that she also finds this Joan woman dead. And then I was trying mm-hmm. to think to myself, I'm like, okay, like we know Madeline is the source. And so at this point, I actually wasn't suspecting Carly. I was wondering, did Madeline play a role in this? Because at this moment, I was thinking to myself, okay, so this woman is somewhere better in her life, especially because she's talking about being lost in the commune. So part of me wondered, is this part of the Madeline cover-up? Does she pay mm-hmm. off this woman? And particularly when she started talking about like life is... um life is harder without means yes then I was like okay so that's a clue I was hoping Drew would pick up on that I maybe check her bank accounts because everything right? just seems so weird but then that was just sort of a hint that it was Carly behind the whole thing oh I, it was just so unexpected I mean we know that this is the way it has to go and that Carly has to kind of delve a little deeper into this kind of web of lies but yeah. I don't like it no, I'm not a fan of it at all. And I really felt like also it was kind of funny because it felt like she didn't have as much money as maybe she used to, like those deep right? pockets. Because she's like, mm-hmm. I'm not made of money. And I'm like, since when? <laughs> and then I, I also love that they use like what looks like a real GH break room. I love that too. I'm like, oh my gosh, new set. But what did you think when Denise kind of flipped the script on her and said, hey, you paid me enough for like one parent to be fake yeah. dead? Do you think given the situation that her lack of finances will push her towards telling the truth to Drew. Denise or Carly? I don't know. This is an open-ended question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> does does anyone, will anyone tell the truth because they don't have money? Let me see. Um, <laughs> I actually thought that Carly would have rebutted the girl when she threatened to tell Drew and say, don't worry, I'll do it myself and grab the check. Yes. Like, I would have loved that move, but Carly just looks like she's going to dig a deeper hole. It is what it is. It kind of sucks. So I don't know how, I don't know what the end result is or how Carly is going to finagle the dead dad portion. I think if anything, she will derail Drew further if she didn't pay her the money. But when Drew was alone with um, Willow Mm -hmm. and told her the news, you know, she's saying bizarre-ish things and then she gets up to go like cry privately and when he goes mm-hmm. out to check on her what I loved about how they did it was I love the flashbacks of Drew figuring it out because he did have these moments with Willow and they were so kind yes. of like sprinkled so I liked that that wasn't forgotten and brought back together and what I love the most was how they used Oscar because the fact that he brought up Oscar made it impossible for Willow to lie oh 100% that had to be said and I love just because of who he is as a character involved in the family, like that it was him that knows and can actually support Michael now, because I was feeling really terrible for the fact that Michael can't share his feelings with anybody else. I know. I know. And I mean, he is trying to tell her to tell everyone else. And I mean, I think that Willow is still in that denial, right? Because her argument is that Olivia and Brooklyn will treat me different. And then Wiley will know. Wiley will not know you have cancer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I like, I think if anything, it's the same like denial, right? Like she she said, it's also for me. Like, I just want to live with people not knowing. And then she specifically asked to not tell Carly. And (laughs) obviously that's a huge soapy move. 
which is ex- like mm-hmm. it's you know like it makes sense right like this is not the time for Carly to find out because then she would freak out and like have to talk to Drew exactly so basically this is just going to go on for a little longer although it's getting scary hearing Willow out loud talk to Drew about like feeling sick and just feeling bad and feeling uncertain but I just think it's a bit reckless because you need to test you know yes. like Drew knows about this and he could search for her family yes but like it would be great as Michael proposed like we need to promote this like if our community can test like you have the resources to get people to test to get so many people to get tested for you and that kind of bugs me a lot you know what I mean like I'm panicked I know this is a fictional story yeah I'm worried for Willow and I kind of wish she would like and I get it it's a better match with family but all of it should be happening at the same time Oh, 100% because we know that in the mix, family is sprinkled in. <laughs> right? Because, like, then that would be how they would, like, find out, too. And I'm just wondering if there's going to be a crossover with Brit and her. But I don't know. Like, I mean, okay, there's a possibility because Brit's, Brit's birthday is New Year's Eve. Yes. And I don't know. I just, I don't know. Do you feel like there could be a possible Willow-Brit thing or it's just too late? <sighs> I, I guess I'm being more hopeful. I want to see that connection. I, you know, we talked about the fact that we don't want Nina to be the one that runs in and saves the day. Yeah. We want it to be like a Brit. We want it to be somebody from the surrounding circles. But given what Britain is going through and her perspective on life right now, they would be the ones that I want to see bond. You know, Brad yeah. talks about her circle. Like we want Brit's circle of people who care about her. Like she is so kind. She's changed so much that that exchange and especially the fact that they have had like a few little moments. So exactly. I'm hoping they do. But I kind of, I'm, I'm just worried time-wise there's no room for that. Like I wonder if that was maybe yeah. in the cards and it got changed. Mm. But yeah, so I'm just a little upset about that. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. In other medical news, Elizabeth is fake pregnant. We called it. <laughs> yeah, like she went there. And I'm just laughing because I'm like, oh, like I, I don't know. Like I don't know what to think about this. Like, like Finn would lie for her. Yeah, he would. Totally. You know, like they they've already crimed before. So yeah. I just feel like like I like it because it just creates such a mess. And I really <laughs> want to know how Elizabeth because like I mean there's a lot of consequences, right? Elizabeth has her boys as she pointed out. You know, mm-hmm. there's Ava, like Nicholas is kind of forced to end their marriage. Like there's an a ridiculous amount of collateral damage for a ton of people who would be willing to go ahead with a conspiracy. Exactly. Like the lies are just rolling off her tongue so easily now that I think she's just kind of caught up in not knowing what the right thing is right now. Yeah. And I just like how Finn has taken to calling Nicholas Nick. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me, I, it feels like a throwback to Julian and how he used to call Ned Ted. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Yes, because, I love it. Because like Nicholas is like fancy and he just like reduces it to like Nick. Like we know Nicholas is not a Nick. No one calls him that. <laughs> so anyway, she just like, so even though Finn, like I don't even understand this, right? Because Nicholas, I mean, uh, Finn thinks that Nicholas is harboring a fugitive. Mm-hmm. And all Elizabeth asked was, just don't say anything about, like, me and Nicholas. Yes. 
So I don't know, but Finn for right now forgot about the fugitive thing that he wanted to tell Jordan about. Apparently, because he's super heartbroken, but it gives us the opening for what we so desperately want, a Finn-Ava situation. Yes, I definitely think that, except I'm having second thoughts, and I'll, and I'll tell you about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but also, I was just, remember how we said, like, I thought maybe, if anything, she would say she was pregnant, and then, like, she would miscarry. Yes. But, like, she could have said she was pregnant by Finn, but I know that's super mean to then lie that you're pregnant by Finn and then, like, lie yeah. that you're miscarrying. But she's going with that story because she knows she doesn't have an actual baby. <laughs> okay? So I was yeah. just like, that's what I'm saying. Lie and then the miscarriage story. So now on Nicholas's end, Elizabeth goes mm-hmm. over and tells him what she did. And he's just like, <laughs> Boy! But why? And then he tells her about <laughs> sacrifice. And I mean, look, she's not wrong. Like, you were going to have Ava move in. And then I'm just thinking, right? like, even though, like, I feel like Ava gave him an offer, like, that was hard to refuse. Because she's like, just tell me the truth. Tell me, like, what what's going on. And I felt like Ava, of all people, would be down for criming, especially with Esme. Right? But I wonder if, like, part of this is that Nicholas knows that... It's like, it's the pregnancy, right? Like, Ava would be yes. down for, like, the fact that you're imprisoning Esme. But the pregnancy throws it all off. And I feel like him going along with Elizabeth, who's saying, you know, like, she'll figure it out. You can't have Ava live here. It's the fact that he knows that there's no relationship with Ava with having Esme's baby. Oh, 100%. It was, you know what? For the first time, I tried to look at Nicholas through your eyes. How, like, it's funny <laughs> and he's entertaining and just trying to, like, mellow out a little bit, not just be angry at his stupidity. Um, yeah. But Elizabeth's delivery of, you're going to be a daddy, like his face. He did a really great face acting this week. I have to give him that. No, he did. Like, I really felt it. Like, he thinks he's, like, doing this honorable thing, protecting people for once. Oh, yeah. Kind of what Nicholas, uh, Spencer was saying, that everything he touches turns to crap. And it's like, yes. Nicholas thinks he's being a hero. Mm-hmm. and it's just digging more and like he's just digging himself deeper and deeper and there's just more and more lies and I think that a lot of it has to just do with the fact that like he impregnated her and he's just like oh this can't get out <laughs> and so like Ava was amazing right like she broke my heart right broke my heart and delivered quite the spectacular lines but one in particular caught my attention was okay. her perspective on Elizabeth by saying did she catch you in her bottomless pit of need that too many <laughs> fools are too weak to resist and I was like oh so good damn she cold. yeah she got to the to the point that she felt she had um yeah like it was really brutal and you see how like he's quick to like you know don't talk about her like that and even like finn like being disgusted in the way that like elizabeth you know prioritizes nicholas and then like it hit me like nicholas is to elizabeth what jason was to carly like that's who they are to each other oh okay like this idea yeah, like, why would you twist yourself in knots? Like, they have a history, and, like, they had their, like, incredible hot affair, but there was shame after that, and they never really connected romantically and pursued a relationship after they remained yes. friends or whatever. 
but like it's yeah. her childhood friend like it's all she has like everyone else died or disappeared very true so i can see that you know that their history has a lot more um power than i think anybody would like well especially the people they're dating so <laughs> anyways ava broke my heart and i was so terrified she was gonna stab him in the heart Oh, yeah, like definitely I wrote she's going to get all stabby stabby because then they cut to commercial. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love what did he's like, you could kill me. And she's what did she say? She has some really good lines after that, too, actually, which I don't yeah. remember right now. But she was I, amazing. I, I didn't write them down. I, I wrote this. I love the threats. Her parting words. <laughs> so, but we all saw them. Okay, so we can all go back and rewind. But I. But I just love her threats, you know, she's basically saying, like, all bets are off at this point. And yes. they were. She called Victor. I Like, the minute she was dialing the phone and she put the phone to her computer, I was like, no, 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 you're not. And he Did you have... think she, you knew it was Victor? Because, like, who else would it have? I'm like, it's either going to be Jordan, but she wouldn't talk to Jordan that way in terms of, like, do I have your attention now? Because they're working together on the whole Ryan thing, right? So there is that mutual respect happening. Yes. So the Right? So the tone that she took, I knew right away, and I was just, like, like heart sank. <laughs> okay, so I didn't. I kind of knew once she walked <laughs> in the room. <laughs> and and then I was like, hmm, hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe I did know earlier. Um, but I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was Scott at first, and then it was him. And I was like, what's her angle? So her angle is the will, like wanting more money. But yeah. then I, I, but honestly, before she went there, I didn't know if she was gonna like pursue Victor's offer. Oh no, 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 no. To no. spite Nicholas, you know what I mean? Oh. To just be together since like you know, cheating twice, having someone else's baby. And then like when Jordan opened the door and found Finn on the floor, I was like, I do see a Finn and Ava. I think we all do. We all saw it since they were at the nail salon together and we're like, they're talking. But then I kind of <laughs> wondered if there were other options for Finn and for Ava. I really want to see them together because ultimately they're going to end up leaning on each other because they're the only ones who understand those people. And I feel like yeah. that's going to lean into some lying on each other. Yeah. yeah. But some of my favorite Nicholas moments, I mean, look, it was really hard watching him have to walk away. Um, but my favorite was getting some like Spencer Nicholas time. Like when <gasps> Spencer actually went back home. Magic. Yeah, like the funniest, the funniest when he was like, don't, don't like lecture me about underage drinking. And then Nicholas just makes fun of him for drinking yeah. sherry. He's like, well, I just didn't know you developed a penchant for like sherry. And I just, I just love their scenes. I just found it was such a push pull from Spencer, you know, like hurting so bad. He wants his dad, but being so mad and like pushing him away all the same. Like I just, I loved it. You could see like the agony and you, I couldn't help it. Like I posted a picture of like, um, like, look, I meant to obviously post younger Spencer and Nicholas, but they happen to be different actors. <laughs> we get it. We all get it. Yeah. And I mean, I love the actors that are currently playing, you know, it's their own spin on it, but it was just so like, cause when I was looking at them on the couch, I just, 
couldn't stop because it's just the the place of so many scenes before and even when I found an old scene it's literally same room you see the same fireplace like it's the same and it's just so incredible like like how long how far they've come you know of lecturing this precocious kid to the fact that like he's drinking and you're trying to reach him and I found that I liked the way that Nicholas reached out to him and was really honest saying like I have no place to counsel you and then he connected to the one thing like he was being honest he's like I know I'm crap I I really do and you know and then he talked about both of their persistence and the way he spoke to Spencer and they connected like it was just amazing it really was like I'm going to throw out an early star because it was yeah. the first time that I could actually see him and believe yeah. that he wants to be different and he wants to be a good dad and he wants to be a good parent as much as he's going to mess up. He's never going to say he's perfect, but that he really wants to have a big presence in Spencer's life. But that's exactly, that's the thing that genuineness, like Spencer felt it. There was no mm-hmm. arguing there. He got his dad back for just a split second until his the girl of his dreams texted him and then he was all better. <laughs> oh, speaking, la, la. speaking of his ladies. So, I mm-hmm. mean, look, we all know what happened. I just want to say Elizabeth, you know, criming isn't for her, like not even <laughs> in the least. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this last week, how like the way they shot the scenes of like Elizabeth, Nicholas, and Esme, it just looked like a bizarre, twisted, happy family. The yes. dynamic between Elizabeth and Esme. We talked about like what's the connection, and we you know we we got our answer. But yes. but oh my gosh, it could not have been more twisty and weird, right? So Elizabeth is panicking, and she thinks that that he's walking into a trap. And I was confused about that part. Like, does she think Esme Me escaped? Too. And is about to hook him or the hook killer is still alive and possibly after. I don't know what she was thinking, but just her horrified face. And just like that weird Stepford moment of like <laughs> Nicholas and Esme being like, this tree is beautiful. Giant eyes. <laughs> and she was just like, no, no, we are not family. Like, and then it's just all psychotic because now you're watching an imprisoned Esme with different eyes. You're like, Oh, yeah. she's just a psycho girlfriend. She's not a killer. I like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we just don't want to invite her for Thanksgiving, but we really don't need to imprison her. And she's all just, you know, growing a baby and putting an angel on a tree with toilet paper. It's really messed up how <laughs> <laughs> the way the way that you like, you know what I mean? Like it's the same, it's the same person, it's the same place, but you're viewing her in that scene as a victim in a different, in a different way. And it's just so messed up. And Nicholas is like, oopsie poopsie. There's been another hooking. <laughs> Scash, he was here like the whole time. It's like he couldn't put it together. That's what I felt. <laughs> I know. And she's been saying it over and over. It's not me. So I think they may believe her and I'm really not sure what these two are going to do because like if you're following logic, if she decides to say (laughs) she's pregnant with Nicholas's baby and Nicholas is telling Ava he's pregnant with Elizabeth's baby, what we all assume is going to happen is that Elizabeth is like she, Elizabeth thinks she's like, I'll just lie and say I miscarried, but the rest of us are like, no, but there's a real baby you could steal and pretend is yours because if Nicholas keeps his baby, which is his whole plan, what are you going to do? I've decided not to mother the baby. Okay, so this is the part that I keep laughing about. Like, so he's going to have this random baby. Did he find it? Like, what is he going to tell people? 
because everyone are like you know what I mean they're gonna know it's Elizabeth but Elizabeth thinks that this is some kind of like it's kind of like how she thinks that Esme is gonna end up on a farm somewhere to live out the rest of her days and 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 in her mind she's like okay so I lied that I'm pregnant I'm just gonna lie that I miscarried she forgot about Nicholas wanting his baby <laughs> like I think she doesn't like it's not clicking and the fact that like she has those loose lips like in front of the cops in oh front of everyone God. she's like it mm-hmm. wasn't Esme ask my son let me implicate him <laughs> into this and then Laura comes and in front of her ex who she's like please I know I've lied to you and I cheated on you and I'm pregnant with someone else's baby but please like just respect my privacy and keep my secrets <laughs> in front of him she goes to Laura where's Nicholas I care about Nicholas. <laughs> I need to go, everybody. And I'm like, so the, cops, the cops are like trying to talk to you and you're saying some real suspicious stuff and you're acting super suspiciously. But everyone's like pretty cool with it and she takes off. So like, it's not going well. Like Elizabeth made this choice and I was like, let's see how it's going to play out. But it's, I'm... Like, but it's blowing up so much in such a short amount of time that I'm like, what? Oh, my God. I love it it's so, so much. Funny. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny because she's spiraling, but it's so humorous. Like, it, and I say this to you often. You're like, in the darkness, I try to find the thing that's funny to, like, make myself cope with the fake world that we watch. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that stuff made me laugh. The Rory in the hallway and, like, nobody tending to him, but apparently he couldn't talk. But his last words were like a full paragraph of that he said his feelings too early and nobody did anything while the beeping was going off. It like went until the next day. Yeah, they waited a good 24 hours before they like, <laughs> but that was really bad. They're like, no, he's in critical condition. You cannot <laughs> see him. And then he's like, like you pointed out in the hallway. And then she's like, he's incoherent. And he pulls it off and is like, I recall what happened yesterday at dinner at 7 p.m. when I told you I loved you. You said you didn't love me. It was too soon, wasn't it? And then he dies, you know? It, it, it was pretty funny. But, like, before, like, all that drama goes down, like, Trina and Joss had, had a little chat. Oh, yeah. That was they a big a chat, bit, man. Like, were you not taken aback by, like, Joss? Or Giles. Here I said, notice when Giles gives advice. No, I think that was Jaws. I don't know. We're going to have to find out. I'll have to keep reading this sentence. Um, I don't know who that is. So, okay. And I highlighted that note, too, to tell everyone. Hmm. Mystery. Okay. Okay. So, when they're talking, you know, Joss is listening to someone who's telling her own story to her face, right? Because these girls are in the same boat. <laughs> Joss knows she's in the same boat, but is not, like, letting her on board. So I find this really funny how, like, Joss is being like, why did you tell me? And Trina's like, I'm telling you right now. Yet Joss (laughs) won't tell her her stuff, right? Exactly. And then, like, isn't, wasn't Joss encouraging her to be honest? Oh, yeah. Big time. With Rory, but not the part about wanting Spencer. Okay, so this is a sentence I wrote, and this is why it was confusing. Notice when Giles gives advice that she says, be honest with worry, but not the part of it's because I wrote it recorded worry instead of Rory. 
We're going to edit that out because it was a super boring moment that no one should have had to be exposed to. Um, <laughs> apologies. So yeah, so I just love that little tidbit, right? Like Joss's face acting was amazing. She was so subtle in those scenes with, with like Trina by saying, be honest, but don't say the part about like you want Spencer. Just dump Rory. Just tell Rory you don't love him is what she was trying to say. And like... The fact that she she slipped and goes, oh, yeah. Cameron deserves to know the truth. Oh, yeah. It was pretty bad. And even worse for me was when, like, Trina is, like, sharing, like, the turmoil, right? Like, I wish I loved him. He's so great, you know? And I like that Joss said things like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just being honest. And it's like, that's yes. hard, right? Because you feel like you've done something wrong, but she just doesn't love him. And so when she's, Trina goes, you know, like, this isn't fair, like not mm-hmm. fair to like the situation's not fair, like to 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 Rory. And Joss goes, What isn't fair? <laughs> I noticed she was a little like that. Like, hmm, it's not a big deal. Like, what's the problem? Cause she won't she won't tell Cam and it's really bad. Oh, and bad. I think he knows. So he knows. Oh. hmm The like I felt really bad for Cam, especially when they're in the hospital and everything's going down and he's like we need to talk. She's like, did you? And he's, she's like, in the moment, if I didn't know anything prior, I'd be like, okay, Joss is being a really good best friend, but she's also heavily trying to avoid a conversation with her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. But it's so bad. Right. Cause she's using like a dead Rory to right? do it. It's, it's like, it's not great. No, um, no. But even like, okay, wait, so Joss go. Okay. So, so at, at Kelly's, Cameron yes. starts sharing his like feelings about Dex to Spencer. Yeah. And I love how Spencer was like, what? You know, like about <laughs> like Joss and really protective. Like I really, really, really love their friendship. And obviously right now, like the chemistry between Spencer and Trina is just like on fire. Oh and I God. love their scenes together, but I can't help, but, but like think jump, like, you know, a decade into the future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can't help but jump there because all I see is that scene with Spencer and Joss in the courtroom looking like grown-ups and yes. knowing one day they'll end up being married. That's just how I feel. Like, of course I see him with Trina, but there's just something about that, like, Spencer-Joss connection. It's historical, okay, basically. Gonna... Exactly. And and I'm not going to lie. Like, because you put that in my head from all our conversations – when he punched him in the face, like the people I could focus on on that scene was Spencer and Joss. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's happening now, but I just no, feel like yeah. the seeds are planted for like a montage a decade from now. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's what I feel is going on. But like, you know what I felt when he punched Dex? It was Cameron. I felt like his Cameron got angry and I felt like, yeah, because Cameron made a point of having that speech with Finn saying people mistake kindness for weakness and we don't need people to protect us as Webbers and that's really what I felt (gasps) in that moment like why Mm -hmm. did you do that like I'm not delicate I don't need to be tiptoed around like I can take it like he is strong like I'm sorry has anyone forgotten how hard Cameron's life is like you have you have Spencer being like I'm gonna leave the country and do whatever with all my money and Joss (laughs) is visiting him at work because like she doesn't have to do that is anyone forgetting the life Cameron lived he's not fragile exactly oh my dear lord and also like Spencer I'm like what are you doing I mean I guess it's just a bit the prison he hasn't fully washed off of him that he felt the need (laughs) to like 
to punch Dex, but to walk up to him and say, you also work for me. I'm like, no, Spencer, not even close. But <laughs> I feel like that could be some kind of foreshadowing. Just the language he's using and the way he was with Cyrus. I do feel that there's going to be some really kind of blurry moments for Spencer and his life choices later. Yeah, for sure. And so then it's like awkward, right? Because Joss is not saying anything. Clearly Dex is in turmoil over his mm-hmm. love for Joss. And then she was taken aback when he was like angry about his feelings for her. Yeah, like he had so many flashbacks during that punching bag scene. Yeah, there's a lot of them. And I think she was like, when he tells her, like, what did he say to her? He's like, you don't even know what I go through or something like that. Yeah, like, you don't even know what I what I do. So that was a big punch <laughs> to the gut. Like, you don't oh, know yeah. what I do or what I don't have to do. Yeah, because he like, was mad yeah. about he had, to, he had a gun. Like, he had some stuff to do. Yeah, and, like, he's like, I have a meeting. I got a gun. I'm super important now. Like, with Sonny giving him, like, that gun, it's like, hilarious. <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, with Michael and Sonny ordering him not to uh, date Joss, but I kind of love that they're throwing Dante in a lot more with Joss. Yes, and, I really like it. Yes, have you also noticed the way that they inserted Dante with Cameron and Spencer? I did. How could you not with those three? They need some uh, grown-up man guidance. <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved the three of them together. And and um, did you notice? Uh, cam's hair it was really jason-esque i didn't notice it was jason-esque but i did notice <laughs> you know, handsome. but i you know what i'm thinking like no because i think like at first it looks like an easy thing like bad boy dex leaving like poor cam but i think they're trying like i wonder if like wardrobe wise they're trying to like like you know make him a little bit more man-like like tougher in his own right to make it a real like battle and it probably won't be a battle but to really make Joss like regret her choice at some point I know that's a I... lot to say about hair <laughs> but I'm just saying there's something about like giving him a little bit of an edge a little bit of a wild streak I do feel that they pay attention closely to detail or maybe we're over analytical but hey it's our podcast so we I pay think they what are they wear, right I think so it's too. Their, like it's their job so I think they are yes if you want to keep us watching for another however many years we're not going to say you gotta pay attention to detail yeah (laughs) we haven't been watching for 50 years (laughs) no but i want it to be on forever um because it's like when lola's here or like any of the kids are here i'm like that's nina we don't like her (laughs) 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 because they'll climb up and like watch it with me so it's like i want them to get into it too and it's just like i just think we've never really seen cameron with loose hair he's always you know like together straight and narrow that's very very true Okay, let's let's go there, okay? Because we talked about them like indirectly, but let's just talk about the like what we got this week in terms of the Nina Sunny scenes. Fine. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so a few things that I was like, where are you going with this? So like Nina was with Sunny and she's all like excited like a teenager, like this is happening, like we're actually together. Yep. There's a lot of that. They really do play that like teenager vibe. Like it's so there all the time. But then I didn't really know what to make of her finding like that mommy picture. I was actually surprised at how introspective she was in her conversation yep. with Sunny. And it was really disappointing because I mean, we've been saying this for a while. Sunny really lives in his own world and he's not letting people say what he's not absorbing what people are saying. He's not actively no. listening. He's just living in a very big bubble feeding her all the things that he thinks 
she wants to hear. But I felt in that moment, that very first moment of her admitting so much and him not being open to it was so disappointing. But I think you have sort of the the answer in what you just said, right? So Sunny has been dismissive to anybody who had anything negative to say about about Nina. So like anything mm-hmm. that would bring him closer to some truths, right? There's a lot of things that are true at the same time, you know, like yes. the disloyalty Michael feels, you know, the fact that his behavior is different. That's real. What's real for Sunny is he has these feelings for Nina. Like a lot of it is real, but with Sunny only his feelings are and he's been really dismissive of other people's perspectives on being hurt by Sunny right yes like that he won't take and I mean by dismissing everyone he gets to preserve whatever narrative he feels comfortable telling himself you know that my family moved on without me they rejected me they're giving me a hard time all I'm doing is trying to live my life like whatever that is but he did it with Nina because now Nina's confronting him with some truths of who she is and she's validating yes. some of the things that other people have been saying. So, yeah, I actually mm-hmm. was shocked by that and not really super surprised by Sunny. But I think it only solidified to what degree he's living in denial. And with Nina, you know, I was impressed. She She's there in pockets, you know, acknowledging that there might be a risk for her to be exposed to to uh, Donna to build that relationship. But I, I was surprised that she brought up Avery. Because now she's throwing in Carly and Ava. She mentions how messy things can get with Avery because of Carly and Ava. Yes. I had to rewind. I'm like, oh my gosh, she switched from Donna and then mentioned Avery. Because I thought Avery was more of a carte blanche because of Ava. Right. Turns out it's not. But the one thing about Nina, though, I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, this is the part that's like, go to therapy. Because she goes on... She says, rather than filling that hole, and I tried to use Wiley for that, and I don't want to do that with Donna, but it's like, but that's the point. And she says, I keep trying to fill it. And I'm like, but but you're, but you have to figure that out. You have to stop yes. filling it with outside stuff. How about mourning? Like, she hasn't mourned anything. She complains and states what she's lost, but she hasn't, like, really, I feel like, mourned anything or gotten help. And I don't think she realizes that, like, she's the only one who could fill that hole. And I'm surprised that you didn't do a post and call it her heart hole. <laughs> I don't like, I, I honestly, it was, I was like, what is happening? Like, it was a lot, that scene. I guess yes. I was kind of surprised. I'm like, that was like heavier than I was like, oh, that I thought it would be between them. And then they go on. And okay, so this part was funnier. <laughs> and it 100% made me think about you. And I should have recorded, actually did a video of that scene. So when they start joking about bedroom moves, Mm -hmm. that whole sequence of events was full on treating him like a toddler. (laughs) Did you notice that? Her voice just always kills me when she gets into it with him. I was so taken aback and I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, you're talking about moves in the bedroom and she just literally pats him. No, this is what I mean. And then she hugs him and then and then pats him some more. You silly goose. That's what I was seeing. I was like, it's so weird. I was like, this is so bizarre. And then Dex comes in with his gun and is like, I'm I'm ready. I have a gun now. And I'm like, that's great, Dex. Um, <laughs> 
And then um, there was like some crossover, you know, worlds colliding. So Sunny is there with Nina and her aunt is there. And Sunny is the one who points her to the direction of Liesel. I know this whole like other world family and all the connections and seeing him fit into this world is so weird to me. But like we talked about last week, these are the people who like Dex know him from this previous life, but will accept that blurry line. Yeah. I mean, Obright, not so readily. No. <laughs> but like she's suffering. And you know what I feel happened with Obrecht? It's the same thing you kept noticing with Sasha. That even though like publicly and, you know, again, between Sasha and Nina, Nina is meant to be this like surrogate mother, right? People call mm-hmm. her as this like main person for Sasha. But every time she tries to like comfort her and do things, essentially she's on the periphery and she doesn't really like hit the mark, but then like somebody else would like Gladys or she sometimes stands back in scenes as like Sunny connects a little bit more deeply with Sasha. And I couldn't help but notice in the scenes with Obrecht that that vibe was still happening. Notice that ultimately she doesn't really succeed in cutting through to Obrecht, but Sunny does. That's saying a lot considering it's Liesel. It is. And you know what I found interesting at first when I watched the scenes, I watched it like twice just to kind of really take it all in. I was really annoyed that Sunny was like sitting there and listening to this very intensely private conversation that Lisa was having such a hard time, you know, bringing to the surface what's going on. But when I looked at it the second time, my perspective shifted to Mm -hmm. he's kind of keeping an eye on what Nina will say and how his life experience can contribute to the situation because he knows Nina might treat him like a toddler, but he does in different ways to her. Hmm. Do you think he's trying to get a deeper look at her and how she actually handles things, like of who she is? Maybe I'm being optimistic, but yes, I feel like he's kind of trying to evaluate. Even though he is in his bubble, there are certain moments, brief moments, where he kind of can see things. Kind of like when the gossiping thing happened, he's like, just let it lie. Leave it alone. So there's snippets. Because it's true. He hasn't actually seen her interact with a lot of other humans. He yeah. hasn't even seen the worst of it, let's say, between Carly and her. Exactly. Okay, okay. So, like, this, it just was weird when, like, Nina was, like, promising her, like, I won't tell anybody mm-hmm. this really big secret. And I'm like, but you see Sunny in the room. Yep. And you're begging He's her <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you're not in a private space. You didn't take her to a corner. You're openly and loudly encouraging her to tell you something that's really hard for her to say publicly with Sunny standing right behind you. So that was just really weird. Like I find that even when Nina's trying to be supportive to her aunt, and I know she was trying, I think she's genuinely trying with everything she has, but it's that stuff you were describing with Sasha. Like she just can't, like she doesn't have that she can't, she can't do it. Like she tries so hard to support, but I find there's always like this little like disconnect where somebody else has to come in and finish the job. Well, that's, you know, to your point earlier, if she can't support herself and figure out how to do that, how is she supposed to genuinely support others? Wow. Like it's so subtle, but it's like so good. And the thing Mm -hmm. is, so like Sunny steps in and I'm just like, wow, like he supports her. He talks to her. I was so taken aback when Liesl like grabbed him and hugged him because it wasn't intense. It was a very real moment. The fact that like Brit is sick. And at first they were talking about Nathan. She thought it was about Nathan. Mm hmm. But the thing is, the moment that is over and Sunny kind of handles the Liesl situation 
and goes back to Nina, notice how she runs to him. And the first thing she does is like, you're so amazing. She's done terrible, terrible things to your family. I was like, what? what? Projecting. I know, right? It wasn't like, oh my gosh, like you were so amazing. Like, thank you so much. But the fact that she was like, okay, there's hope. There's hope for me too. Okay. Cause like we're together and I didn't think this was going to last, but if you, if you could open up to Liesl, then yeah, yeah, yeah. This could work. This could be real. <laughs> and I was like, that's insane because it's like at the end of the day, like she always kind of has herself front and center. And it's yes, not exactly. that she's doing it on purpose. It just is. It's the fact that she cannot seem to develop these strong deep connections like even amongst Brit and Maxie like she's there and they're with her and they talk to her but she does not have a deep connection with them they're they're honoring Nathan and being yes. together right but they don't have that relationship with her it's not that deep no I agree like even when she sits in with Brit or sits in with Maxie it's kind of like she's just showing up and just maintaining that oh 100% anyways so speaking of Maxie were you shocked about how real it got. Yes, because I didn't know how quickly that story would wrap up. <laughs> and I loved that she found everything out, that Spinelli still looked like a good guy. Like, he is, mm-hmm. but I, I was worried that in some way it was going to get twisted and make him look bad. But what did you think of the look that Austin, or the expression that he made once he opened his letter? I don't know. Probably bad, but I don't know. I don't know. I really, really don't. And I really wanted to see the results. Okay, so my guess was, because if he's running data, for whatever reason, and I don't know how this data thing works, <laughs> but I was okay. like, what if Brit's name is on there and they're a match? Oh. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Like, do you think he would have swapped it out? Like, intentionally? No, like added it in there, just like in terms of pulling all the data from like people on the dating site, like that there's like a list of compatible mm-hmm. people. For whatever reason, there was a slip, a mistake. I don't know. But Maxi, nope, not a match. Brit, a 98% match. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that is interesting. Oh my gosh, maybe because when she realizes Spinelli was part of it, she gets annoyed. Yes. And that comes up. Oh, yes. that could be, that could be. Anyway, so but like, so Maxie goes up and she's all mad about learning from the party, learning about the party from Austin and not Brit directly. And I couldn't yes. believe she actually said Austin has alienated everyone but Brit. Like I couldn't believe she said it. Yes. And it was so weird because she got real about her judgment, mm-hmm. and she called Spinelli her person. I know there was so much that happened and you know like I like the part I mean look Brit confronted Spinelli but I just don't like that so many people know about the company um but again Maxie you shouldn't have told him but I'm glad she's maybe taking like Georgie's opinion seriously Spinelli's opinion seriously and while everyone keeps saying he's not Peter I'm happy to finally hear it said out loud that like she is annoying ignoring like red flags Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like it feels different. Like it feels different that she's debating a person in the way that the audience perceives him. Like the audience is like, ah, uh, and she's having that debate. And I like, I don't know, is this even familiar at all? Like the fact that she talked to Cody about it and then she talked to Sam about it being like, you don't like him, do you? It just felt so normal. 
Yes, 100%. I loved everything about the way they broke it down because we wanted to see this. We've talked about how she's missing the red flags. She's still in denial, you know, her trauma from her previous relationship. And I feel like she really laid it out. And I love how kind of Sam helped her put it together. Yeah, because like, honestly, I was like, okay, this is weird. Like, am I just not getting on board the storyline? Am I not understanding it? And it was so validating having this part that this is part of the story. So it's really, really cool to see like that we're not crazy <laughs> when we're watching. That's Absolutely. just basically what I took from it. But I liked it when she was poking at Sam and Sam's like, yeah, but I'm not the one who has to choose him. You do. Exactly. And that's some real adult advice. Yeah. And um, well, even like Cody telling her, like people get mad all the time, but like you got to figure out what to do. But I like how Sam made her feel more in control. Like, look at how you responded this time. Like, collect yourself exactly. and make a decision. But I, but it was Sam's face when Maxie says, at least my life is not up in flames. But Sam made a face and clearly she yes. differently. And clearly she thinks it is up in flames. Right? I was surprised. <laughs> I was very surprised. She's like, your life actually sucks right now. And I just don't think you've realized it. <laughs> because hers is so together now. So she can actually see things for what they are. <laughs> yeah. You know, things are pretty stable there until maybe Lulu coming back at New Year's Eve. Potentially. Yeah. When like um Rory died. Yeah. Um I liked it. It was all dramatic. It was really cool. I liked the way everyone went to support um to support Trina. But yes. I don't know about you, but like when like when she was saying I want to say goodbye to Rory, like she wanted to see him, her mom was like deterring her and Curtis also was sort of like deterring her like, "Oh, it's a crime scene. Like you can't touch him." But then mm -hmm. Jordan steps in and kind of allows Trina to make her own choice. Yes. And, powerful. Yeah. And it was a subtle reaction from like Portia. They don't get into it or anything, but Jordan kind of overrode everything right there. Oh, heck yeah, she did. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing, Curtis? Like he goes up to her and this caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. He's like, I, are you thinking about Nathan? I know. It was weird to have Nathan mentioned in this way. And also in the same week that he was mentioned earlier with Obrecht. So that yes. kind of caught me off guard. And I'm like, like, what are you doing? Like now, now you want like to, to be like, yeah, come to me for anything when you're working with Alexis behind her back to accomplish who even knows what even Alexis doesn't even know. Yeah, like what I they're know. doing. And I, I liked how, um, Finn's dad. Mm -hmm. Do you do you have a name of Finn's dad or Gregory? Greg, Greg. Okay, I'm like Jeff. <laughs> and so when he called her out on like not becoming a criminal to catch a criminal and the fine line between journalism integrity integrity and obligation to the public, because that's what it felt like. It was like it's not about the obligation to the. I don't know. I just felt Alexis is just like doing what's best for her, her like magazine. That's what I feel. She's hanging on to something. She's throwing everything because she, how do you say, like, she's not a lawyer anymore. She doesn't have that. She likes to mention that she yeah. was a lawyer, like, a lot. And she's just, like, throwing everything into this because she's like, okay, well, I'm good at this. I'm just going to, like, go hard with it. She is going hard. And I. that's why I really loved how Jordan received her. She's like, oh, we yes. know that we can't trust you. That's the thing. People are kind of being a bit more careful around her. Like, Finn being like, 
this is off the record and she's being annoying questioning him Dante is careful with her too and Jordan kind of giving her attitude and being like you could quote me on that and left and I kind of liked it it's all like subtle but it's like <laughs> little you know little uh I guess like conflict or like yeah like low-key low enemies you know like it's yes. not hardcore but it's like low-key and I think it's kind of cool totally agree before we go we can't forget this duo like I'm sorry but like whoever wants vengeance on behalf of like Heather and Ryan it's a bit much like it's this is not the kind of vengeance that Elizabeth and Nicholas can take no and I'm scared there's so much happening there Ava gets thrown into the mix you know Ryan tells Heather about the whole parapet thing yeah and I'm just okay so the murder necklace that threw me off The murder neck. Oh yeah, yeah. The murder necklace. I'm like, wow, guys, weird. Right. So there's a lot that's still kind of continuing with the scene. But what I my takeaway is that I am super scared right now. No, I would be uh, like, especially with her realizing that like you know Ryan can like move around and all that stuff. But even like what happened, like even with Rory, like he got hooked Mm -hmm. uh, again, and that was a weird scenario. He goes in, a guy is shot, he's hooked. There was a woman present. There's an earring. And I know that we thought it was, oh, what's her face? The one that worked for uh, Laura? Um, yes, I know who you're talking about. That like, uh, she works for Victor. And the name is escaping me, but I, Ashford, Ashby? Ashby, Ashby. Ashby. Do you know who I think it is? Oh. I feel like it's the lawyer who prosecuted Trina. <gasps> really? Because I was voting for potentially the nanny. Yeah, we don't know who that is, but it could be like an all new, yeah. <laughs> But it's just because Diane said the woman was familiar. Right. That is true. <gasps> okay. Okay. I don't know, though. That's what I'm thinking. But it's like, I can't wait to find out. And I wonder when we're going to find out. But obviously, this changes things. You know, with Rory dying and her feeling guilty about mm-hmm. not saying I love you back, she's for sure going to feel guilty for having feelings with Spencer. So that's going to like squash that. But Spencer is determined to stay and be there for her. So I don't know what that's going to look like. And I don't even know if she's going to feel too guilty to even like open up. But I feel like this whole thing, it was just really funny. It's like Rory's dying. And you see like Spencer and Joss in the background. I feel like Spencer's going to be like, oh crap, like how long? Will it take before we can have a chance? (laughs) And then Jaws is probably being like, okay, so this is probably bad timing to dump Cam. And I feel like those (laughs) two are just focused on their timeline. 100%. That's why I feel like they're like samesies, those two. They really are. They they are definitely a much different breed than Cam and Trina. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. I think we did all of the things. All of the things. All of the things. Um, do you have all any of the stuff? stars to throw out? I have stars for Willow, for Drew, for 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 like uh, Trina and Rory. Sorry, Rory, it was really nice having you on General Hospital and all the peoples. You go. I'm gonna throw out a sexy star to Anna and Valentine. I was watching it with Violet today, and oh no, close her eyes. Yep. Okay. Her eyes. I. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of course, these two. They're really frisky. Like, being on I know. bond has just made them very, woof, fire. I know. But, but the thing is, Anna hasn't been in a relationship like that, like, that I can even remember. No. So, you know what I mean? Fiery. She was like, I half know. Cares. I know, but, like, 
like, how can you not with, like, Valentine? This Valentine is, like, so fiery. Oh, he really is. It's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Can throw a star or, like, a, like a half-sad star to, like, Brit and Brad and talking about the will and the yeah. party? He knows something's up and he so, so desperately wants to know, but he wants to let her lead what's happening. And I commend him for that. She's going to leave everything to him, which is wild. I know. But I really want her to come back. Star to Ava. Oh, of course. Start at Ava. She just, like, rocked it hard. Start at Nicholas, because, like, he's so sad and stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but start from the acting. Like, so good. Scene with, like, the reacting to the news to um, the baby. Uh, his scene with Ava was heart-wrenching. You could feel it from both of them. His sad scene with Laura, just like the mom instinct and him wanting to share everything and just wanting to hug his mom and be around his mom. The scene with him and Spencer, like definitely Nicholas gets a star. Yeah, and I want to give a star to Laura's face because I love how reactive she is to the kids when she finds out that Rory dated Trina. And yep. then she looks at Spencer saying, oh, I should not have asked this question. It was so good. <laughs> um, okay, do you have some favorite lines? All of the things that Ava said. Okay, that's amazing. I 100% <laughs> agree. Uh, one of my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite lines this whole entire week is when the cousin's time happened with Maxie and Cody. Yeah. And she's like, okay, like, help me understand why men do stupid things. And I wrote, like, do you have a million years? <laughs> <laughs> so your favorite line is your line. My add-on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then when Cody is responding, you know, he knows what he's done. He is also blackmail Spinelli. So he is in a pickle right now trying to give her advice. And he's like, you know, when you date somebody, you massage the truth a little bit. I'm like, I like the way that sounds. I know, but I feel like everyone is telling him he's being stupid. Maybe one day he'll hear it. Like she's saying, you're so dumb. Just say your feelings and let's and have a family. But he's like so caught up in his own head. Like I feel like Cody feels so dumb for doing what he's done and like I don't know I just feel for him like he's like I'm mad about the choices he made but like look he has a maxi he has a mac I totally agree and since we're talking about uh boobs I um what put a line, oh okay. like a bobo you're like being okay, okay yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. I was like what I'm like we were not talking about boobs <laughs> Uh, one of my lines was Alexis and Curtis and she's like getting ready to leave the gym he's like are you leaving now she's like no we haven't even conspired yet I'm like they don't even know how to conspire I know it was so funny like I was watching their scenes and I legit forgot I'm like what is your connection even like why are you talking and then I like remembered because I was like what's happening (laughs) oh Oh my goodness folks we're wrapping up another year of super awesome podcast Mish I love talking to you every single week I love our listeners our followers happy holidays um happy new year and vote see you yeah see you in the new year vote and have fun over the awards and enjoy your holidays everybody bye